Right, good morning everyone. Um, lucky to be back and then jump straight into a preach. No um, time for me to relax or drift into it. Then just thought, okay, you're in. You came back, you had a long leave, so you can just as well preach. And then this morning, Dan said, he asked me, do you again have a PowerPoint? I said, yeah, but Michaela said she loves it. I said, yes, I do have a PowerPoint. And he was like, hmm, one day I want to hear you and not the PowerPoint. So I'm going to try and show more of myself and less of the PowerPoint. So I'm going to go out on a limp a bit. So that's where I need you guys. So be gracious, firstly. Show mercy. Be spontaneous when I ask a question. Um, laugh at my dry jokes, please. Thank you. And then please help me carry me over the line. And it will make more sense in a few minutes. So... For the visitors and the new guys, sorry to break the news, this is my third preach, officially, my third preach. So hopefully it's not too shabby. And then when I discussed it with my family, I realized there's actually a nice series coming along. So who can remember the first one? See how effective that was. Okay, it was about no, yes, but. Anyone remember? No, yes, but. Thank you. See some hands, at least. So it was about our no, yes, but, mm, that kind of scenario. We've all, all been there. And we changed it at the end to say no, yes, but. We'll just jump in. Then the next one, we termed labeling our family. And you remember, France even started with his com, this little board that we said, okay, let, let's put little dots. And maybe a nice refresher when we start up comms again. See, as my dots moved, do I have more green dots? Am I still on, what's it, blue? If you think about us as a family, how did your relationship grow? And I think Tandi termed that preach, what a lot of dots I got. Thank you for that. Uh. And then, today, number three in the series. It is the race. Do we finish strong? Hence my attire, my dress code. So Dan was disrupted about my number, or on my chest. So just, um, do you think it represents something? Anyone think it's my age? You're welcome to leave now, the gate is open. <laughs> Off you go, come on. <laughs> do I really look that bad? Anyone think it's my IQ? There's, there's a coffee, I'll pay. <laughs> okay, also not that. What about the number of resets I had to go through my life? The number of 
times I've stumbled and made a mess of stuff. Hopefully today is not one of them. But it is my age, so you can come back, the guys that didn't want to leave, and I was born in 1978. Everyone would say, what? No, never, we would never guessed you that old. Okay. Thanks, Caleb. So, without me knowing, last week, Dan actually did an amazing introduction to today's preach, when he spoke about the real thing, or the real deal. And if you haven't listened to it, I want to encourage you guys, go and have a listen to it. If you still were on the beach last week, or on holiday, that's fine. But make sure you listen to it. So, I will refer to some of that, so if it gets a bit blurry, you've got it on, on your web, go and have a, have a listen to it. And today's message, I will not take credit for. So I read a book, and I, I can't pronounce this guy's surname, so please help, of Oxygen, Sean Bradshaw-Bredeth. The book's called The Throwback, so all credit goes to him and his obedience in writing the book. So it's not a thick book, I could, could have done it in a month. Some of you will do it in a day, but I'm a slow reader, slow learner. But that's the, the heart of it, is where he ended off the book. And it's really Christianity 101. So I want to encourage you guys as well, after you've listened to Dan's preach, read the book. So I'm going to give you some snippets of it, even if it's in kind of an appetizer. So as we start 2024, and we're going to touch, we'll get to the race, I promise. Who's brave enough just to share, and let's say this is the beginning of the year, schools will start, varsities, all of the things will get going this week. Um, who has some New Year's resolutions? Just anyone? You, if you, any of you willing to share? Okay. <laughs> anyone? Ruan? Um, my only New Year's resolution is one thing, and the Lord just put it on my heart um, before the year started. He just asked me to love Him well, because if I love Him well, I would love His people well. If I love His people well, patience, mercy, grace, love, peace, kindness, all those things flow out of just loving Him well. So that's my New Year's resolution. Sure. Um, normal, normal resolution, I want to get fitter, I want to eat more healthy, <laughs> that as well. Well, I think all of us had, but some of us have forgotten them already. Um, so for mine, one of it, um, and I posted it on Facebook, because I'm proud of it, um, is in this year I'm going to drink more coffee. Because that's probably the only thing I'm confident of sticking to. <laughs> And I'm supporting your business as well. <laughs> but if you're really serious of your three or four New Year's resolutions, how confident are you that in December you will stand and say, done. I've done it. Even if it's not this year, let's just go back a few years. When you had a New Year's resolution, were you confident in making I mean, it's easy to do it in the first week of January. I even started gym this year. Sean, I've met you, can testify, you've, you've seen me in that. 
I'm not... I think, I hope, I will keep it up through the year. But that's probably why some of you guys didn't even put up your hand of making a new resolution, because you know we all suck at it. We're not great in doing that. But in any good preach, like I learned from Dan, we need to start off with a little story. So now we're getting into the race part. Now someone like Donnie gets excited, Kian gets excited, because they know what a race is. They know there's a start. They know what it takes to complete a race. I've never done a race other than at school, when I was forced to run 100 meters, and I was very fast, because I was too scared that they're going to ask me to do something else. So I just ran it fast and get it over and done with. That's the race. I've never done a 5K race, 10K race, but I had a race of life. And I mean it. And that's the part I want to unpack today. So let's start with a, with a story. Um, so let's go back to the Olympic Games in 1968. And it was held in Mexico City. The event I want to take us back to is probably the highlight of modern-day Olympics, and it's not the 100 meter, although that's where they make all their money, of TV shows, everyone wanted to watch the 100 meters. It's actually the oldest uh, event, item, event. And that's the marathon. So this is a real-life story. The athlete that made this race so memorable is a guy called John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania, and that's him. Maybe you've seen the story, know the story? Great. Yes, no one. Okay, so a long story short, what happened? Around about the 19th kilometer mark, he crashed into another athlete and fell. But he fell badly. So he injured his shoulder, it was blood everywhere. He even dislocated his right knee, as you can see. Game over. That's it. So the media continued to the race. A guy called Mamu Walde of Ethiopia won. And given that it's at most of the Olympics, that's the last event. So everyone stays for that. It is the podium, medals being handed over, Olympics are finished. But as that happened, word got out that there's still someone out there. There's still someone out there. It was Joseph. Uh, John, that guy. <laughs> it was John Aquari. So many spectators have left the stadium, but they heard over the radio, and they, they came back. The TV crew head out into the fading light, and they found this hobbling, stuttering, walking, grimacing guy. And the only, you can see him dimly with the cars at the back. Um, you can see him struggling. And as he went through the bend, on the last bend, you can see the stadium. You could see the end. And by now, the streets were filled with people cheering him on. And as he was entering the stadium, at last, he breaks into a little slow, painful jog. Yeah, he becomes a famous athlete, being remembered and celebrated long after. And in darkness, he stumbled across the line. He finishes. 
Some reporter rushed up to him and put a microphone in front of him. He said, why? Why did you do that? Why did you keep on running? And his answer is profound. And this is where you need to make a note because we're going to come back to it. John's answer says, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They've sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. That was his answer. And you can Google it. It's a very famous, inspirational quote. So that's the story I want to start off with. But it's a Sunday. It's a church. It's not a running club. Although I'm dressed like one. So how does that apply to us? Immediately, if you think about a race, the very well-known scripture of the verse of Hebrews 12, verse 1, came to mind. So if we read it together, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We all know this verse, we can quote it, but in that is actually the essence of my preach this morning. But do we really understand the essence of a race? Have we thought about three vital parts of a race? And we're going to unpack that a bit more. It's the start. There's a finish. And I don't know what's it called in between. It's called the actual race. But the start is part, the finish is part. So there's a start, there's a finish, and there's something in between. And then as well, I want to prompt you guys, but how well are we running that middle part? Assuming we've started. Assuming we have something that we aim for in terms of the finish. Just as like John had. So let's unpack it from a Christian perspective. Because this is actually a church. So let's, let's have a look at the race in terms of our lives. So the start for any Christian starts with repentance, of understanding we're all sinners. It's faith, it's baptism. All these are very important aspects. And a great start is vitally important to any race. Any runner or cycler will testify of how important it is to have a, a good start. It could be even if you don't do it properly, you can be disqualified in your race. The same applies to us as Christians. There's a certain way to start. But today I don't want to spend too much time on the start. That's a preach and a series on its own. I actually want to focus on the finish. So I will drop some notes that you can put on your fridge if you want to. So I'm going to refer to it as fridge wisdom. And you can, can ponder about. So the first one, if we think about the finish, is a race is started in order to finish it. I know it's profound wisdom. It took me weeks to think of it. So any race is started in order for us to finish it. Or even as a very famous writer that some of you guys might have read his book, Stephen Covey, in his book of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he makes a thing of, says, oh, he said a thing, one of the seven habits is, we all should start with the end in mind. 
And we can actually apply that to anything in your life. If you start studying a degree, you actually started with the end in mind, to complete the study, to get a degree. If you start a woodwork project, a woodwork will, a project, you started with the end in mind, you know I want to build a cupboard or something, you have the vision of the end. So the same with us applies in our spiritual walk. And I think kudos to the, to the worship team that the song that we did over and over again, and I, both me and Dan was, okay, let's go more, one more, one more, one more. Because that's the picture of the finish line. That's what we are, that's where we start off is with that picture. We will sing, not a, the whole time, holy, holy, holy until eternity, but we'll be in the presence of our Lord. That's the finish. But it appears that sometimes in our generation, that is filled with broken homes, unstable relationships, we are so desperate to make people only feel secure. So sometimes we forget to encourage people to keep on running, to stay faithful, to reach the end, and to finish strong. So it's not a comfy feeling the whole time. It's we need each other to finish strong. You can't do it on your own. So if you want to know it or not, you are in the race. It's a race that's called life. But we might have all different percep perceptions. We have different stages. And we might be in different conditions within the race. We might be strong and healthy and running hard. Or we might have taken a stumble or two. Blood pouring, dislocated knee, but you're still in the race. It doesn't disqualify you. So you might be nearing your end. Normal human perspective in terms of age. Or you might be relatively new, fresh, young, as the youngsters on the carpet. You're in the race. Some of us are well equipped to run the race. And have lots of stories to share and encourage and build into people. Some have very little amount of stories. You are still in the race. Some of us have no clue of where we are in the race. Which is fine. Because today I think the Holy Spirit will give you clarity. As well as the encouragement to run the race. So the finish line, the ultimate prize as we said, is having a place, a spot, a medal, a seat, a house in eternity. Forever. Let that just sink in. That's the ultimate goal. That's the finishing line. That's where we're heading towards. But it's important that you understand, if we talk about eternity, what is that? 
Who is it spent with? So that's why it's so important to understand the importance of the race. It's important that we know we're going to finish the race. Or you need to finish the race. Because the prize is only at the end. So let's expand a bit on the fridge wisdom. So we start the race in order to finish the race. Because we know and understand the size of the prize or the reward. So now that there is a start, we know there's a finish to the race, and even, even our spiritual race. Or in the natural, it's also true. What happens in between? So we've got a great start. We know where we're heading. How do we do this middle portion? And like I said, that middle portion is what we term life. That's our daily walk. Almost said our daily slog. Through work, through church, through life, through a relationship, through stuff that's not always that glamorous. How do we do that? So I want to start off and, and bear with me, it will make sense. Let's look at in Corinthians for the France for the free starts mensen. Kan ons bykie Afrikaans praat. 1 Corinthians 15 vers 1 tot 2. Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. See that these two key words that stood out for me. The word if, and the concept of in vain. So if you hold firm and stand and keep on running the race you've started, there's a promise. So any good programmer will tell you there's an if statement, it could go more than one way. If you keep to what you've been taught, if you keep to what you've based and proclaim your faith on, if the word has some concept of condition attached, it's important to remember, if. So that's the first concept. If we keep on running faithfully and we persevere, we will have breakthroughs. We will become more like Jesus and we will finish our race. But then the second concept grabbed my attention. It's a bit of a sobering but also a confronting thought. So in the letter, Paul essentially emphasized that believing once is not the goal. But continuing until the end is the goal. He knows that starting a race is not the point. But finishing the race is the point. So we need to keep going. We have to keep running. We have to stay in the race. Or else, what we do is all in vain. If we do not anchor what we do in the Word of God, in His plans in his race that he set before us. 
So like the two guys of last week that we've learned, these two villains that hijacked the Gumball 3000, that entered, entered the race, but it was all fake. They almost fake it until they make it. They thought they did, but they didn't. They were caught out. And again, I don't go and listen to the preach of last week. It will make sense. But are we living sometimes in vain? Are the things that we put our trust in or put our time and effort in, if we stand back, is that potentially in vain? May our races not end in vain. But how do we make sure we don't do that? Because it's easy to think you're doing the right thing. Again, it's our motives. I don't want to give the whole preach away. But it's our, not my preach, Dan's preach. What about our motives? How well are we representing the real thing to make sure it's not in vain? So please note in, in that verse that we've read, Paul wrote that to believers of in vain. A stern and sobering warning to all of us. So if you read Romans 11 verse 12. Sorry, Caleb. 11 verse 12. Thank you. 11.22. Yes, you're right. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in His kindness. Otherwise, you will also will be cut off. Not a lack of thing to read. It's a big heart to be cut off. But then, if we read that same letter in Romans 8, Paul tells those same guys that are reading the letter that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So it's like Paul, mm, what, what is it? Do we feel comforted or should we be concerned? And before I answer that, the same answer was when I drove in Cape Town, Lindy had the GPS, I didn't know where I was going. And there was a, should I continue or do I turn left? What's the answer? Yes. <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> so the same is true for the question we asked Paul. So what is it? Should we be concerned? Should we be comforted? What are you saying to us? The answer is yes. Both. Both hold. Even Peter has the same view that someone has been born, that has been born again, gave his heart to Christ, can, can end up sinking your own destiny. So let's look at 2 Peter 2, verse 20 to 21. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it 
and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed to them. So, you. How is it possible for us as a believer to be worse off coming to Christ than before you knew Him? How is that possible? Peter, Peter answers it. He says, by not only being tangled in sin again, but being completely overcome by it. So in other words, being born again is not a flu shot against any possible future deceptions or curveballs. We all can end up in a pathway of sin. We refuse to repent and over time harden our hearts and stop listening to the Holy Spirit again and again. It's not a quick and a sure process, but it is a possible outcome. It is possible, says Paul, to wreck your faith and your destination. It is ultimately possible, says Peter. It is ultimately possible, says Jesus. And if you look at John 15, verse 5 to 6, the well-known, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So now you can see, yo, Nardis, this is a bit heavy for start of a new year. It's not like, this is what I signed up for. So even I was left with a sobering thought, but not a crippling one. A thought and understanding that there is a real possibility for me to sink my faith. Bit by bit, slowly but surely, one degree off. It is possible. So if you feel, if you sit there and you feel today, this is a condemning message. I feel miserable. I'm not running a good race. I've abandoned my faith. I've missed the mark. I cannot continue. You're actually in good company. You've come to the right place. So even if we look at the people in the Bible, let's take Peter as an example. And I think, for me, the chosen has given a bit of the TV series, have given me a bit of feel of this fierce, hot-headed, hot-blooded disciple. Sometimes had his foot in his mouth more than often. He went up and down, back and forth, even saying publicly three times that I don't know Jesus. But the one thing that we've learned from the life of Peter is although he stumbled many times, even that amount of times, as did John Stephen Aquari, they never quitted. They never stopped running. 
The race was marked out. And they finished it. And today Jesus is standing in front of you. Asking the same question he asked his disciples. I want to highlight two of them. The one was, who do people say I am? That's pretty much not too bad. You can fill that question. Because you can say, oh, I've heard Dan said that. Chad once preached about that. Justin had a good thing. My wife had this. People say you are. But then Jesus has this thing of he just turns the table and he just up the ante. And I would encourage you to write this down in your journal or on your phone, the answer to this question. Who do you say I am? Because it's easy to say what other people say. But what do you say? Think about this. As, as we start our race for 2024, but even our life, what role does Jesus play in your life? Where have you landed? Is he the coach standing in the side just screaming to you? Is he a fellow runner that you just ask advice sometimes on your training program? What is Jesus to you? As Peter's stories unfold, and so does ours, we learn that we fall, we fail, but God is never done with us. You might have stumbled and fell in the race, imploding spectacularly in some things you thought you were good at. But luckily God and our Savior is in the business of restoring. So in the life of Peter, we continue as in the life of Peter and your life. There will be triumphs, there will be missteps. But we need to keep on. We need to finish strong. We have the responsibility to run your own race. But God is able to keep us. So if you look at 2 Peter 3 verse 17, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. We can fall, but we are secure. We have a merciful, powerful God who will see us through if we keep on running. We must finish our race. We must go the distance. So once we've crossed the finishing line, it will only be because of God that has kept us and enabled us to run. But we do have a part to play. We have to persevere. Again, Fritz Magnet Wisdom. Our God did not send His Son that we could start something but so that we could finish it. Let me read that again. God did not send His Son that we could start something, but so that we could finish it. So here we are trying to set aside all the nonsense of the world today at the beginning of 2024. 
in an attempt to run our race. But we do have a solid World Cup winning five-point plan to run our race with bandaged knees, blood all over our faces, all for those that still running strong, the five-point plan still stays the same. So number one is that repentance is the doorway. Faith as the response. Baptism in water as a sign of dying to self. Being filled with the Holy Spirit as the only way forward. And then fifth, and very important, a healthy church family. People that will encourage and urge you on to keep on running the race. So we're not here only to make a stand of faith, but rather of faithfulness. A stance of persevering and of finishing. Until that day when Jesus comes, it's all about living each day like Peter saw him. The same view. So I'm going to read that. Standing with his hand outstretched in the midst of our triumphs, loyalties, failings, and betrayals, asking, is asking us if we love him. Crucially saying the words, he said to Peter after he restored him. You see, after Jesus made the fire and asked Peter three pointed questions and forgave him, he said two words to him. They were the exact words that Jesus had used to call Peter a few years earlier that gave him back his purpose. The same words God is saying to you to restore, maybe, and to give you a purpose for 2024. Those two words is as simple, follow me. And as Jesus spoke these words, he allowed people and each one of us to start all over again, which is fine. And it could be today that you pick up your bandaged knees, your race number that could look like this. Say, so I'm back in the race. Because I'm following him. He has called me. So he's allowing you the opportunity to not only be to restore to a proper relationship, but also to do the things he has called you to do. So, Kian. So, as we close, I just want to recap quickly. We are all in a race, the race called life, that has a start and a finish and life somewhere in the middle. You might have stumbled. You may be tired. You might even be op moed verloor as a vlaktes. I just don't know how I'll go through 2024. I just don't even know how I'll get through this week. And sometimes we have this view of in 20, if we start January, everything is just, hey, all the energy is back. We can run. But strangely enough, a lot of people I've encountered as I started getting back into the things 
having a chat, hey, did you rest well? Are you looking forward to 2024? I don't know how we'll get through this year. I've started off so weak. If that's you, today's for you. Disappointment with Jesus is for you today. We have a loving God inviting you home. Because He's in the business of restoring. So the picture is not that great, but it's of an old tree that just fell apart. And in the middle comes a new strong tree. And if you, I can leave you with that picture today. That's what God is. That's His business plan. That's what He wants to do with each and every one of us. So irrespective of you just fell apart yesterday or this morning, God is in the business of making you strong in the middle as He comes around you, as the church comes around you to grow strong. So there might be people here today that has this revelation for the first time that you are in a race, that you've been called, but you know I cannot do it on my own. I need Jesus. Your knees might be heavily bandaged. You might be wasted. You might have felt like you ran into a wall. Blood is streaming down your face. And you feel down and out. Today is the day you will meet your Savior. So He's standing today with open arms to welcome you in. If that is you, I want to challenge you and be brave like John Stephen. And stand and come and stand in front with me. If that's you for the first time. I need Jesus. I want to be in this race. So if there's anyone, this is for the first time, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to run this race with Him. I've never done it. This is your day. This is your opportunity to meet your Savior. If there's anyone here today, bold enough to come and stand next to me, and we want to pray and we want to celebrate that decision. So, but also today, at the beginning of 2024, Jesus is asking you, follow me. He did provide us a perfect race plan that will ensure that each and every one of us will finish strong. That each, of anyone, each and every one of us should start with the end in mind. So if the Holy Spirit is stirring up in you an excitement lifting of a weight that you that he's standing here to restore you if you need a better training plan for your race also please come and join me at the front so that we can pray for you because one of the the fifth point of the five point plan is a healthy church family it comes around you and you don't need to run the race alone. 
You don't need to struggle out there like John did the last few kilometers in his race at the Olympics in Mexico City. Church is not a solo sport. So again, the invitation stand. If you feel, I don't know how I'm going to get through 2024. Or even 2024 is a huge year. I need support. I need prayer. I want to invite you guys. Come stand. Or all of us can stand maybe before we close off. And those that need prayer. Those that feel, I need a, a booster shot. I need some Red Bull. To come flying out and finish strong. If there's anyone here today. So as Dan's closing for us. My prayer for all of us is that in 2024. It will be your best year. It will be the best stage of your race. Because you started well. You know where you're going to finish up. And you've got a strong foundation to go forward with.